0: fire up a cigar, and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar
1: Dave. In the spring of 1971, I met a girl. Actually, I met a couple of hundred girls, and I banged them all. But I met one girl that had these big, round glasses, had hair on her underarms and on her legs and on her hands had a goatee and there was something that made me want to go and meet her i don't know what it was but i did but i couldn't get the courage to go talk to her so finally i went picked up a gift i went and got some nair and i introduced myself i said hi i'm bill what's your name and she said i'm hillary And I said, here's some nair to get the hair off your arms and your, your goatee and your legs and your underarms. And she was most appreciative. Of course, she still hasn't used it since 1971, but something attracted me to her. And so I am just so excited to be able to tell you about Hillary because we have had a wonderful journey along the way. There have been so many hot, well, maybe not so hot women that I banged along the way. But I'm here to vouch for my wife, Hillary. You should vote for her. I don't know why you should vote for her, but you should. Because she's going to change things. I don't know what she's going to change. But I'm here because of a duty. She said, Bill, you can have all the girls you want. But when it comes for my time, you better get up there and start singing my praises. So I am doing my job. What, what the hell am I, there's what am I hearing? What the hell? damn what was that oh no that was the mirror on my bedroom ceiling I can't believe it that has been up there for years do you know how many women that I have that mirror has seen now it's gone I'm so depressed I'm not interested in Hillary breaking a glass ceiling I'm more worried about the mirror on my ceiling well I think that's about it here it's been a delight to be able to tell you about Hillary And by the way, one more thing. That mirror has seen my latest girlfriend. Her name is Energizer, like a little bunny, if you know what I mean. And by the way, I know I'm on the Cigar Dave show, and it's about time for me to go get a cigar, a flavored cigar. You all know that. So I'm going to turn it over to the general. Outstanding. The great, well, not so great Bill Clinton. He joined us today, providing us an insight into the fabulous marriage. Well, long Ash, greetings and salutations, lieutenants. A long Ash, snappy salute. Thankfully, the DNC is over. It is in the annals of history. And there was so much love going on in that arena all week. Let's all put our hands together. I'm going to pass the peace pipe. Let's all hold hands and sway back and forth. Let's enjoy the love as we sing together Kumbaya. Are you kidding me? We don't do Kumbaya moments here on the Cigar Dave Show. Cut the music. We are alpha males. We don't fall into that Kumbaya love nonsense. Let's all hold hands. Oh, by the way, let's go sing Kumbaya and tell Isis how much we love him. That does not work work what an absolute I, I am thrilled look I'm a political junkie you all know that if you follow my Twitter feed and Facebook but I can tell you now I can get back to my normal life in the evenings of course I watched every moment and people said to me why are you why are you torturing yourself well I like to be informed I like to know about the enemy I sound like George uh, Herbert Walker Bush I like to know about the enemy not gonna do it not gonna just not watch but I had to watch. And, oh, every single night, the same thing over and over and over. And it was nice of them to finally find all those American flags on the very last night. They couldn't find any the first night. Then they had to steal them, or correction, borrow them from City Hall in Philadelphia. Because City Hall, for the entire week after they took the flags, no flags were flying over Philadelphia's City Hall. And then last night, the finale, Hillary Clinton... Sounded like a a university lecture, like a professor I had that just went on and on and on. And I know a small minority of you love Hillary. I know because you told me in, in my Twitter timeline, that's fine. You can make up your own decision. You can vote for whoever you'd like. I'm just simply stating my opinion. And if you don't like my opinion, lieutenants, there are many other options. This show is about being an alpha male. It's about being decisive. It's about stating opinions and not going to a little safe space and hiding and trying not to offend everyone. That's not how we work. That's not how alpha males work. That's not how this five-star works. But I am thrilled it is finally over. And listening to Hillary a couple of nights ago, you would think that the Republicans have been in charge for the last eight years. You would think that there hasn't been a Democrat in office for the last 30 so I don't know what she wants to change. And when she had the line about taking money out of the political process, I was on the floor hysterically laughing. I had almost called the paramedics to to, to inject me with something because I could not stop laughing so hard. I was, I was almost convulsing. I was in such an a absolute state of, of paranoia and laughter. But so many things. Just go to my Twitter timeline. If you haven't seen it, just go. I give a running commentary. But I'm thrilled that it's done. Now we can concentrate on making America great. Now, one thing that makes America great are delicacies. We celebrate our delicacies. We celebrate cigars. We celebrate spirits. We celebrate our dames. But delicacies. And yesterday, a huge day in culinary history, in American celebrations, Yesterday, July 29th, was National Chicken Wing Day. A huge, momentous day. I'm sure all of you have been eagerly anticipating National Chicken Wing Day, counting down the days and minutes. Actually, if you go to nationalchickenwingday.com, and we've got a link at cigardave.com, they actually have a counter, a countdown, until Super Chicken Wing Day, which is February 7th of 2017, and then next year's National Chicken Wing Day. But I to be perfectly candid, I'm a native Buffalonian. The chicken wing was invented at Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar by the late, great Teresa Bellissimo the exact same year and same month that I was born, February of 1964. And I, as a native Buffalonian, who is a chicken wing connoisseur, a chicken wing gourmet, I had no clue that yesterday was National Chicken Wing Day. But... This goes back to 1977 when Buffalo Mayor Stan Makowski Stashu, not one of the great mayors in Buffalo history by any stretch of the imagination, he raised a wing in honor of National Chicken Wing Day and proclaimed in 1977 that July 29th is National Chicken Wing Day. And, of course, it all goes back to Frank and Teresa's anchor bar On Main Street, Ivano Toscani, the proprietor, know him well. He's been on this show many times. Still one of the great places to to get wings. And you can smell the aroma of the chicken wings about 20 feet away from the front door. It is overwhelming. So I hope that you had a chance to enjoy some great chicken wings yesterday. I prefer my medium, extra crispy, blue cheese. No self-respecting native Buffalonian would ever, ever ask for ranch dressing with their chicken wings. It does not work that way. All right, lieutenants, when we come back last week, I didn't get a chance to tell you about something that occurred on the golf course during a tournament, what a golfer did and the announcers picked up on it. And frankly, it was a little bit on the repulsive and disgusting side. But I want to get to that because many of us play golf and many of us smoke cigars, and I this is something that I guarantee many of you do that this golfer did. So we want to get to that. Now, in the second hour, it is part two of our three-part series, Conversation with Jose and George Padron, as we celebrate Jose Padron's 90th birthday. Last week, the response was overwhelming. We've got uh, today and next week, so two remaining episodes, two remaining parts to our three-part series. You are going to want to stick around for that fascinating story about the Padrones, And also, lieutenants, we are just three weeks away. Three weeks oh is it three weeks or two weeks? Two weeks. Sergeant Steve, thank you very much. I cannot believe we are now just two weeks away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water at Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This is one of the highlight events of the year. If you're an alpha male, if you are patriotic male, if you enjoy the alpha male good life, You must attend no matter where you live. It is uh, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show with the entire crew, Mick the Brit from London. We've got uh, Captain Paul, Colonel Ange, Lieutenant Gary, voice talent Ed. We have got uh, Portuguese Princess Colleen. We've got Exo Tim. We've got Puff Muffin Lori. We have got Mrs. Harem of One Gina. The entire crew will be there, front and center, downtown Buffalo, as we launch the new Rocky Patel 55. Everybody attending will receive a, a cigar salt pack consisting of six premium Rocky Patel cigars, the Rocky Patel 55, the Rocky Patel Edge Light, the Bold by Nish Patel, the Rocky Patel Nimi D, Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary, the Hamlet, huge alpha male lunch buffet, I'm talking Carnivore Station, I'm talking Paella, I'm talking Delicacies out the yin yang, you will get uh samplings of some great spirits from Brown Foreman, Gentleman Jack, Jack Daniels. We will have Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, and the new Cooper's Craft. Only available in five states. New York State is not one of them, but because of my pull, my influence with the distillery. Our lieutenants that attend the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo will be enjoying that. We will have five different beers to sample from Hamburg Brewing, including the special General Dave's Alpha Male Ale, a special double IPA that has been brewed just for that occasion. Tickets are limited. I think we've got less than 20 left. And when they're gone, they are gone. So go to CigarDave.com right now. Tickets and info, CigarDave.com, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo River Works, downtown Buffalo. All-ticketed VIP event. You will have a great time. Oh, and everybody's going to get a very, very nice embroidered Cigar Dave Show briefcase when they come in. Nice little Cordura nylon-type briefcase, great for your computer, great to travel with, and all your cigars. we got some other goodies. And we've got some goodies from General Mills. I'll just leave it at that because the General Mills plant is right across the street. From Buffalo Riverworks, the only plant in the world that makes Cheerios. We're going to have a special gift. I'm not going to give you any more hints than that. But the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, go to cigardave.com, check it out. The July selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is
0: a Cornelius and Anthony sampler, including Cornelius. The Cornelius blend has a layered complexity with notes of both sweetness and spice. Cornelius by Cornelius and Anthony is a medium-bodied cigar with an Ecuadorian wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com
2: Hi, this is Rocky Patel. On a daily basis, our personal rights, freedoms, and privileges are being taken away by the government. By the people who don't want us to enjoy the fine things in life. Cigars. Guess what? Socialism stinks. Cigars don't. So in order to celebrate life, we decided to release the freedom. This great cigar from Nicaragua has tones of coffee, spice, pepper, with a great underlying sweetness it's got a beautiful ecuadorian wrapper fillers from different parts of nicaragua and guess what it's priced very fairly so go out and celebrate the fine things in life and enjoy your freedom by lighting up a rocky patel freedom i promise you nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar come visit us at rockypatel.com
0: surgeon general warning cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes
1: Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo this is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event from the time you walk in into the time you leave you will enjoy great cigars including six premium Rocky Patel cigars including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut we'll have a full alpha lunch buffet including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs a carnivore carving station paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo River Works in Buffalo. We will see you there.
0: It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th Green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen is chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean Basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yeah. Like all cigars in J.C. Newman's Premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the Premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com.
2: This is Nish Patel. Join me at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on Saturday, August 13, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Buffalo River Works. We're going to be introducing our RP55. It's the worldwide launch. Come on down. Get your tickets at CigarDave.com. And you betas, go in
1: hiding because we're coming your way. Oh, it is a no-beta zone for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. But I can tell you one thing, the DNC convention was an absolute wasified beta zone. I don't think I found an alpha male in the place. And by the way, Tim Kaine, nice enough lad, nice enough fellow. But I don't know, the word closet comes to mind. I'm just saying, not that there's anything wrong with that, I'm just throwing it out there. Do the math. All right, lieutenants, many of us play golf. And when we play golf, we have a cigar in our mouth. Now, there have been numerous devices that have been made where you can attach your cigar to the side of your, your golf cart. You can it, uh, stick, uh, there's a, a little thing, a device that was made where you actually use a golf tee, and this little device sticks into the golf tee, the top of the golf tee, you stick it in the ground, and you lay your cigar on this little rail, almost like you see the rail of a, of a cigar ashtray. So it doesn't touch the grass. Because let's face it, you may not realize it, But on a golf course, there are umpteen chemicals and fertilizers and all sorts of items that are sprayed onto that grass. And so you don't want to have anything touch the ground. No way, shape, or form, whether it's a cigar, whether it is a sandwich, a snack, or gum. Well, European Ryder Cup captain Darren Clark was putting at the British Open two weeks ago. Two weeks ago yesterday, when he was swinging the putter, the gum he was chewing on fell out of his mouth and onto the green. After he makes the putt, instead of picking up the gum and kind of heaving it and throwing it out, you know, throwing it into one of the bushes or somewhere else into the water, he takes that gum, puts it back in his mouth. Let's take a listen to what the announcers had to say during the certainly very disgusting episode 14 it's darren clark All right ca- captain oh
0: what <laughs> fell out <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his <laughs> gum fell out It is i think no i hope not i think it was his gum <laughs> well, wait mate, wait a minute he put, put it back, back in, in. Uh, oh, oh no, no.
1: Oh, that's disgusting. You can't. Come <laughs> you on, man. You can't do that. Oh. It's disgusting. Ooh, it's disgusting. I like when the one of the announcers said, "What was that?" His tooth. <laughs> no, that was his gum, and he puts it back in his mouth. What? The guy can't afford another stick of gum. I'll never forget. I was out playing golf uh, with a friend. Got to be about ten years ago. We're out in San Diego, and of course, access to cigars never a problem for this general and I brought about four boxes of cigars and uh I brought a box on the on the course put it right in the cart and after about four holes we're riding along and the person the friend I was with the cigar falls out of the golf cart so he says stop stop I gotta go get my cigar he runs and goes to get the cigar it had been laying there for probably about 20 seconds and he proceeds to grab it and starts to put it in his mouth until I grabbed his hand. And I said, what the hell are you doing? And he said, well, I'm just going to continue smoking this cigar. I said, I got 23 more back in the, in the box. Throw that out and light a new one. Hell, if we wanted to light a, a new cigar every other hole, we could do it. But I'll never forget that. Why on earth would anybody... Want to stick a cigar or gum or food or anything that's dropped on... I mean, think of all the insects and the, and the insecticides and the fertilizers and the pesticides and the chemicals that are on there. Disgusting. And by the way, listening to the announcers, uh, I think I'm going to start talking like Jim Hello, friends. We're here on the 13th, and we are witnessing history being made. Let's go to the 17th, then, for a linguist. Thanks, Jim. The golfer is about to putt... Oh. He's just lost his gum, or is that his tooth? I don't know what it is, but he's going to chew it, and he's now going to enjoy it. Let's go back to the 15th. This is how they talk at golf tournaments. You almost kind of want to look at him and say, guys, talk normally. There's nobody around you. There's nobody around you in that big broadcast tower. But in any event, if you do play golf or anything, if something falls on the floor, alpha males do not pick it up. I don't care if there's a 5-second rule, 10-second rule. Forget it. Alpha males do not put food, or cigars, or gum, or any other edible product in their mouths after it has fallen on the ground or on the grass. End of discussion. Lieutenants, the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony is right around the corner. A very new cigar just launched by J.C. Newman. I will enjoy, and it's going to be accompanied by a fantastic Scotch whiskey that will enhance it magnificently. We are continuing front and center. This is an alpha male zone only. Betas, get the hell away. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for
0: Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers.
1: Before I turn it over to the general, this is Ted Cruz. Heidi and I want to wish you all a happy National Chicken Wing Day. And I want to say God bless the chicken wings. God bless the celery. God bless the blue cheese dressing. God bless the cigar and God bless the libation and God bless all of you for being strong alpha males. Thank you very much Ted Cruz. We appreciate those kind words. I have just pulled out a very very special cigar. Now this cigar that I have in my hand is the J.C. Newman Diamond Crown Black Diamond. Now, this has been in development for about three years and in fact one year ago, JC Newman threw a launch party uh, in New Orleans, and they actually handed out the black diamond. There was no band on it, there were no boxes. This was their blend. And it was very, very good. But I can tell you that after further aging, a couple of tweaks, the Diamond Crown Black Diamond is absolutely spec freaking spectacular. It's outstanding. Now I was able to receive several of these cigars, because I happened to see Bobby uh, Newman, Eric Newman, and Chandelier when uh, we were recording a few weeks ago at the Diamond Crown Correction, the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. And I, at the time, as I was given these, I had just absolutely thought the bands on these cigars were off the charts. And then they showed me a box, and I was really Intrigued beautiful-looking packaging, magnificent-looking, a band, just a big double band on it. Now, this particular cigar has been in the works, as I said, three, four years they've been working on it. The Black Diamond by Diamond Crown is a fuller, much fuller than the Diamond Crown Maximus, the regular Diamond Crown. Initially, they were going to call this the Diamond Crown Maduro, but it's a totally different blend. They scrapped that This is a very unique presentation, and I want to tell you about the unique cigar tobaccos that are in here. The wrapper is a sun-grown Connecticut. It is a dark Connecticut. looks like a Maduro. It was aged for eight years underwent extended multiple fermentations. The binder and filler come from the Fuente family Chateau de la Fuente, the same farm that the tobacco for the Fuente Fuente Opus X comes from. Beautiful, beautiful flavor on this cigar. Comes in three sizes only. The Emerald 6x52, the Marquis, which is 55 by 56 a Robusto, and the Radiant, a nice, small 45 by 54 that was given to me. I smoked one yesterday. I couldn't resist, and that's what I will enjoy today. Now, this has been in the plans for a number of years. Again, three sizes. Uses a sun-grown Connecticut Maduro wrapper, Dominican A filler and binder from Chateau de la Fuente. Suggested retail is between $17 and $20 per stick, worth every cent. I had to take the double band off yesterday. You'll see pictures from my Twitter uh, timeline and Facebook. I had had to take the double wrapper off because I wanted to enjoy it, and actually the entire band. Actually, it doesn't have a double band. It's just such a big band. It seems like a double band. But I had to take that band off to be able to enjoy it right down to the end. A fantastic cigar, the Black Diamond by Diamond Crown.
0: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device.
1: Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for cutting maneuvers.
0: Many maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus.
1: From the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories, I have got my Cigar Dave grenade. This is looks like a big grenade. It's got a big tank, a little rounded uh, tank. It's got a Beautiful single SST flame that just flies out about three, four inches. Beautiful looking. Uh, I don't know if this is ever going to be released, but they just keep coming up with these great new litation devices for me to try. That's what I will use today.
0: Six Cigar cars. pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle
1: up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. They're out the cutter by my... Fantastic double-edged stainless steel guillotine. And now the moment that I have been waiting for. And if you have been waiting to light uh, conduct litation with me, then let's go and fire up together. Let me toast the foot of this beautiful-looking black diamond. Diamond crown. Again, everything about this cigar you will enjoy, you will love. There's nothing about it I don't. I love how it feels. I love the look. I love the oily wrapper. I love the aroma of the wrapper even before you light it. I love the aroma of the cigar. The draw is fantastic. The flavor, mmm. Mmm, very nice. Let me blow on the foot of the cigar. Yep, need some more. Again, taking our time to light the foot of this cigar. This is a masterpiece. You cannot rush. You cannot have an area that is not properly lit or you will not have maximum pleasure and enjoyment of your cigar all right now my black diamond take another puff. Mm. all right Wow, well, first impressions nice notes of espresso little chocolatey a very muted spice not a lot of pepper flavors a lot of strength though medium to full definitely on the full side but balanced very smooth I the aroma surround me. Very pleasant. You're going to love this cigar, I'm telling you. It is a super premium cigar worth every single cent. In fact, personally, I think they underpriced the cigar. I think they could get $25 for this cigar, no problem whatsoever. But it's a great cigar, the new Black Diamond by Diamond Crown, a J.C. Newman award-winning cigar for sure. Now, I need something to accompany this beautiful-tasting Black Diamond
0: Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers.
1: Okay, let me grab my libation here. Uh-oh. Hang on one second, lieutenants. I can't believe I did this. I actually left the scotch in the bar, which is about seven, eight feet from my palatial desk here in Command Center Alpha Humor Away. So hold on one second. bottle of scotch okay fantastic we cannot conduct libation maneuvers with without the libation so let me tell you about the libation I had to pair up something that's going to go exceptionally well there is no way that I could in any way shape or form have a libation that was going to be too weak too mild too beta almost like a Democrat. You can't have a spirit that's gonna be like a Democrat standing up to this cigar. You need something that's gonna have a lot of flavor. You need an alpha, alpha type of spirit, and I've selected the perfect spirit. It is the Balvini Single Barrel 15. One thing I love about all the Balvini Scotch whiskies is that they conduct their aging in various types of barrels. Not just an oak barrel, but they will have port barrels, Cognac barrels, sherry ba- barrels, rum barrels, very, very unique expressions from the Balvini. And I pulled out the Balvini single barrel 15 that is aged in a sherry cask. It is a very mature whiskey. It's European oak sherry, but for at least 15 years. So that 15 years, you're going to have a a commingling of the of the sherry cask with the whiskey. It's going to interact at the various temperatures, and you're going to get a very balanced, very complex whiskey. This is a very unique whiskey. Master distiller, David Stewart, hand-selects every barrel. A lot of fruitiness, spiciness. Only 650 hand-numbered uh, bottles are drawn from each sherry butt. And, in fact, I went around just to check, because I've had this bottle for, I don't know, a year and a half, something like that, maybe less. Tough finding it. It was in the $85, $80, $85 suggested retail price. number of retailers are out of it. And uh, same thing with Balvini, some of their other spirits as well. Their their Caribbean cask is another favorite, their Doublewood 17. They have another series called their Tun, the T-U-N, which is a very limited release, and when they are done, good luck, they're done. So I'm going to enjoy today the Balvini 15-year-old single-barrel aged in sherry cask that will be the perfect accompaniment to my Black Diamond by Diamond Crown. So let me pour this in here. Okay, got that. Let me say (coughs) cheers. Now, the nose on this, very fruity. Definitely can smell some of that sherry cask. All right, let me take a sip. No, wow, smooth. On the CDWF, the cigar day, the warmth factor one to ten, ten being absolute warmth, zero meaning arctic. This is probably about a give it about a eight point nine five. A lot of warmth on the palate, very smooth. Some very very interesting notes. In fact, some of the notes that I'm picking up right now are some fruitiness, almost like a raisin, almost like a apricot with that sherry flavor. Just very, very elegant. Perfect accompaniment to this diamond crown black diamond. So I've got my libation. I've got my cigar that is now fully lit. And now I'm ready to tell you about several other things. First up, I had the opportunity yesterday to go see the movie Hillary's America by Dinesh D'Souza. Outstanding. From a historical perspective, many of you, I know there were some facts that I didn't realize. I knew that Andrew Jackson founded the Democrat Party, the modern Democrat Party in the uh, uh, 1800s, I think 1832. And I also knew that he was a plantation owner and had slaves, but I didn't realize how much in favor of the slave trade, and maintaining the slave status, he was. The Democrat Party was founded on continuing the slave mentality in the country, specifically in the South. They also were the party under Andrew Jackson that chased the Native American Indians out from their native lands, killed many of them. So I'm wondering, after I was watching the DNC, I was wondering how many of the, the black members of the Democrat Party knew the actual history of the Democrat Party. Because if they go see this movie, they'd become Republicans instantaneously. And one thing I found interesting is in, at the DNC, they kept referring to Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was one of the originators of the Republican Party. And the Republican Party was founded to combat slavery, to eliminate slavery in the United States, to eliminate the travesties against the Native American Indians. And all the time we hear Abraham Lincoln, the party of Lincoln. Well, the party of Lincoln has always been in favor of people's personal freedoms. And that goes back to the slaves. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated because of his position to emancipate the slaves. And everybody thinks it was the North versus the South in the Civil War. It wasn't. It was the Republicans versus the Democrats. And the Democrat Party was the party founded on slavery. Again, you've got to see this movie. And it really goes into depth about the Clintons and Hillary Clinton. And it's very eye-opening. Everything you heard at the convention and how she's so wonderful and she's soft, they eliminated and omitted much of the, the true factual information. But you got to see this movie. Even if you are a Democrat listening to me, watch the movie. And then go do your research afterward because I did. I said, wait a minute, I want to make sure this is legit because I am a history buff and I, I took several history classes as part of my uh, my two majors at uh, Syracuse University. It was fascinating. So for those of you that want to see an interesting movie and learn something along the way, Hillary's America. And they are not a sponsor. They're not paying me to say that. That is because I went to go see it and was just absolutely flabbergasted at what I saw, the history, and at the same time enlightened, and I think many people today would be enlightened. And the original Civil Rights Movement took place in the mid-1800s with the, I want to say it was the 13th, 14th, and 15th uh, Amendments uh, to the Constitution, which granted blacks... The same rights as whites and every other American. So the original civil rights movement didn't take place in the 60s. It took place on the Republicans in the mid-1800s. But the Democrat Party conveniently forgets that. And by the way, what's the party uh, that wants vouchers so that every child can get a great education, that they're not held up by bad schools? That's the Republicans. Who fights it? The Democrats. With 90% of black parents wanting vouchers. So does the Democrat Party help the families that they portray as helping most? The answer is a resounding no. All right, enough of the politics for now. And by the way, when people on Twitter, I have people that disagree with me, I have no problem with it in any way, shape, or form. I'm more than happy to engage in debate with anybody, anytime, anywhere. No problem. Because I know that you can still have a debate. It doesn't have to be personal. You can still debate. And spread your uh, your agreements, disagreements, whatever the case may be. All right, lieutenants, don't forget next hour, part two of our three-part feature conversation with George and Jose Padron. We celebrated uh, Jose Padron's 90th birthday, and we did it with a extensive conversation with both of them about uh, three weeks ago or so or four weeks ago in Miami at their Miami headquarters. You will find it fascinating. We're two weeks away, T-minus two weeks away, from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. We'll tell you about that as we continue Around the Corner.
0: The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com.
2: Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar. But the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I gotta tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do. make you a great quality cigar come visit us
0: at rockypatel.com surgeon general warning cigars are not a safe alternative
1: to cigarettes as a cigar connoisseur one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars nine years ago i had the idea that i wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants so the officers club was born You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brick House, San Latino, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for twenty-two you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars.
4: Hello, this is George Padron from Padron Cigars. Please join us in the next hour of the Cigar Dave Show, where we talk about all the trials and tribulations of the Padron family and the Padron history in the cigar business.
1: Part two of our three-part series, that is next hour. Uh, Probably about a month or so ago, While I'm perusing a whole bunch of different sites, uh, reading, I come across this very interesting site called askamanager.org. And the headline caught my attention I was fired from my internship for writing a proposal for a more flexible dress code. So I said, I got to read this. So I want to share this with you because today we talk about the powder puffs, the college students who need safe spaces, who have to be coddled. Everybody gets a trophy, they're all winners. So on and so forth. We see it all the time. And this is a perfect example. I was able to get a summer internship at a company that does work in the industry I want to work in after I graduate. Even though the division I was hired to work in doesn't deal with clients or customers, there was still, a very, uh, there still was a, a very strict dress code. I felt the dress code was overly strict. But I wasn't going to say anything until I noticed one of the workers always wore flat shoes that were made from a fabric other than leather, or running shoes, even though both of these things were contrary to the dress code. I spoke with my manager about being allowed some leeway under the dress code, and was told this was not possible despite the other person being allowed to do it. I soon found out that many of the other interns felt the same way, and the ones who asked their managers about it were told the same thing as me. We decided to write a proposal stating why we should be allowed some leeway under the dress code. We accompanied the proposal with a petition signed by all of the interns, except for the one who declined to sign it. That would be the smart one. And gave it to our managers to consider. Our proposal requested that we also be allowed to wear running shoes and non-leather flats, as well as sandals and other non-dress shoes that would fit under a more business casual dress code. It was mostly about the footwear, but we also incorporated a request that we will not have to wear suits and or blazers, in favor of a more casual but still professional dress code. The next day, all of us who signed the petition were called into a meeting where we thought our proposal would be discussed. Instead, we were informed that due to our unprofessional behavior, we were being let go from our internships. We were told to hand in our ID badges and to gather our things and leave the property ASAP. Yeah, they were told, bye bye get the hell out. We were shocked, he says. The proposal was written professionally, like examples I've learned about in school, and our arguments were thought out and well-reasoned. We weren't even given a chance to discuss it. The worst part is that just before the meeting ended, one of the managers told us that the worker who was allowed to disobey the dress code was a former soldier who lost her leg and was therefore given permission to wear whatever kind of shoes she wanted. Had I known about this, we would have factored this into our argument. I would never had a job before. Well, that's obvious. I've always focused on school and I was hoping to gain some experience before I graduate next year. I feel my dismissal was unfair and would like to ask them to reconsider, but I'm not sure the best way to go about it. Any advice would be appreciated. This is a perfect example. He he goes on and says, right from the get go, I've never had a job before. I've, I've focused on school. You're telling me that you're 18, 19, 20, and you've never had a job before? Something's wrong there. And this company can do whatever you want. Who the hell are you to come in, even though it's a professionally written proposal, to say, we want to change it? And they're shocked that they were given the pink slip. They were shown the door because their proposal was written nicely. Well, welcome to the world of non-participation trophies. Welcome to the real, cruel, hard world. You learned a life lesson. Who the hell do you think you are? You all got what you deserved. Enough with the little pink pony powder puffs. Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar Dave show. Don't forget, two weeks away, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo, New York, Cigardave.com for tickets and info.
0: Fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave.
1: Thoroughly enjoying my Black Diamond by Diamond Crown new cigar. Wonderful aroma. Enjoy my Balvini 15. Single barrel fantastic from the Sherry Casks. Perfect accompaniment. I am very cushy and comfortable in my leather chair. I would say that I am enjoying the alpha male lifestyle. We'll be enjoying it in two weeks at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. So as you enjoy your cigar, as you enjoy your spirit, I want you to enjoy part two of our three-part series, Conversation with Jose and George Padrone. Jose celebrated his 90th birthday just about a month ago, and I had a chance to spend an entire afternoon at Padrone headquarters talking about their fascinating history and their fascinating story. I know you will enjoy this conversation. Part two of our three-part series with the Pudrums. We're here at Padron headquarters in Little Havana, uh, sharing some great uh, stories and great history with Jose o. Padron, the founder of Padron cigars, George Padron, his son, and uh, the entire Padron clan. Is uh, we're in the in the in the conference room, but everybody's back there working, uh, making sure that the Padrones you love are getting boxed that are, are are properly uh, uh, are packed so that when you get them, you can enjoy them fully. But it is fascinating to me, listening to this how. 52 years ago, starting with one bundle, one cigar sold out of a bundle, a consumer gives you gives your dad an idea, makes the change and that writes the ship. It's, it's fascinating.
4: Well I mean it's I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's a perseverance It's a determination. It's the ability to adapt to the search to the situations that come in. You know, and a lot of times you hear the expression hard times make or tough times make tough people. Right. And that I think is the story of the immigrants that came from Cuba in those days where they basically had to survive doing whatever they had to do. There were a lot of people that came from Cuba in those days that were qualified to do much greater jobs or much more important jobs, but yet when they came here they had to do whatever they could do to survive. And that's basically a story of survival in terms of Padron where he goes in, and he sees that he hasn't sold any cigars, and he's going to figure out a way to make this work. And you start remembering all of these things, and that, I guess,
1: is how he started with market research. That's exactly <laughs> right. George, let me ask you, when, when uh, he started selling cigars September 8th of 9, 1964 until the end of the year, 1964, does your father remember how many cigars he sold in that four-month period?
4: Do you remember acuerdas cuántos you vendiste in those first four months, no? lo tengo? Son como 24.000 tabacos, creo.
5: ¿24? No, es, en los es... primeros cuatro meses? Los primeros cuatro meses son como 300 y pico. Y después, cuando vino el tabaco de Nicaragua. No, en, no,
4: no, 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 Los primeros cuatro meses, no uh, los
5: primeros cuatro años. Ah, los cuatro años, 24,000 24,000 cigars. 24,000. Between September and December of 64. 24,550 24,550, to be exact.
4: 24,550,
1: he still remembers <laughs> that. That is incredible. At 30 cents, Dele. at retail, 30 cents. Retail? At retail. Yeah, yeah. So his take was a lot less than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dile que yo tengo...
5: La venta desde el primer día hasta hoy. He says he
4: has records of the sales from the first day to today.
5: 183, Over 183
4: million cigars.
1: hundred since since
4: the time. To- since since Since, Over 50 since years. September eighth. Since September eighth of nineteen sixty. Give me that number one more time.
1: Over 183 million cigars. And it started with one bundle of Cazadores, one cigar being sold that your father came in, saw only one out of 25 was sold, took the bundle back, went back to the drawing board, and the rest, as they say, is history. When you look at 1965, going into 1965, things are starting to roll. The cigar, the Padron Fuma is taking off in the bodegas and the cafeterias and other places pick it up from there where did where did your father go after how many years did he continue making that fuma and when did he start growing and, and making other cigars
4: okay okay después que pasó esto de 64 que ya entraste en el 65 empezaste a vender que como se desarrolló la la compañía y la fuma cuánto tiempo la seguir sufriendo
5: la fuma eh, pero empecé a fumar a hacer los tabacos de tripa
4: no? número 4
5: que para eso es para los metabagos that, yeah, the fuma
4: the fuma for him was very useful at the time because he was doing it we had short filler in it so he was able to blend it it's easy, you know the the taste was better or for him when you when you go into starting to make long filler cigars all long filler now the blending is uh, the types of, I mean, that becomes more tricky. So it wasn't until he went to Nicaragua in
5: 1967.
4: (laughs) Yeah, the blend that he had for a long filler cigar at that time was not what he wanted. Uh, like,
5: like I said, uh,
4: until he started getting tobacco from Nicaragua, where he was able to ta- to get the type of tobacco that he wanted in terms of in terms of the flavor profile.
1: So for three years, he was making strictly the fumas?
4: Yes. Por, it, por años, ¿tú, tú no, sí, yeah, and some small amounts of, of the long filler cigars, mm-hmm. but not the, the brand really didn't take off at that time. But the, in, in terms of the long filler stuff,
1: but the numbers were still in that Fuma, that yeah, 30, yeah, 30 yeah, cent yeah. Fuma. Fuma was the lifeline. So, 1967, your father decides wants to start making hand rolled cigars, fully hand rolled cigars. Didn't like well,
4: everything was hand rolled, correct? It's just a different color, exactly. Long
1: long so, he didn't like the tobacco that he was was, he didn't like the blend from the tobacco he was able to procure. What prompted him to go to Nicaragua?
4: Okay, que la, la no te estaba el tabaco que estabas pudiendo obtener no te gustaba. Que qué fue lo que te llevó a coger tabaco en Nicaragua?
5: En Nicaragua hicieron un varios experimentos. Somosas sembró tabaco traos eh, consejero de Cuba.
4: Then in Nicaragua, uh, President Somoza started to do. In, a lot of, in 1962, President Somoza started to do a lot of experiments with uh, with tobacco. And he brought a lot of Cuban immigrants, uh, not a lot, but he brought Cuban experts or people that had grown Correllero. tobacco. People who were farmers in Cuba that he brought to Nicaragua to do these experiments in Nicaragua. Entonces,
5: empezaron a hacer tabaco allá a hacer escogida y todo pero no podían no vendían no
4: vendían estaban bloqueados they started to grow tobacco and do sorting and deveining but they were unable to sell it they didn't have a market for it tenían muy buen tabaco entonces
5: salió Roberto Victoria so
4: so he so Somosa is already planting tobacco in Nicaragua he doesn't have a market for it right but he realized that the tobacco he wanted to you know he wanted to develop that business um, so he once he sees that he's having a hard time selling he sends out one of his uh, associates to try and sell this tobacco and he his name was Roberto Martinez so Roberto Martinez is in is charged So he's charged with the mission of selling this tobacco. Right. So the first thing he does is that he comes to Miami en route to Europe. Okay, he's going to Europe to see if he can get this product sold, the tobacco.
1: So he came to visit your father?
4: Well, he he comes to Miami en route to, to Europe, and in Miami. that trip, he calls my father and mentions to him that he has this tobacco and tells him that he's trying to sell it that he's going to Europe if he wants to look at see it. Entonces le estoy explicando la historia de Roberto okay. que, que vino a Miami en ruta de, a, Europa, a Europa y que te te enseñó, te que llamó, que te quería enseñar el tabaco antes de ir para Okay. A Europa. Antes de ir. Pareja. Y yo
5: le dije a él cuando llegamos al hotel que diramos la las muestras la gama muestra Le dije que le den dicho de este tabaco que no sirve. Cogí una hoja, la tozī, me la agiré a rodilla manum, y de un un y lo encendí con ¡Oh, muque. Esto es la segunda Cuba.
4: Roberto Martínez calls him on that first leg of his trip and tells him what he's doing and he calls him to show him some tobacco. My dad goes to his hotel and Roberto took out the samples that he had, and my dad took the samples and made a cigar right there in the room on his lap. He made a cigar and he tasted it. The minute he tasted it, he said, This I mean, his exce- you know, his words were, This is like the second coming of Cuba. I mean, it reminded really? him. It reminded him of the tobacco that he used to smoke in Cuba.
1: And at that point, your father said, What? I'm okay. buying it all?
4: Does <laughs> it <laughs>
5: So
4: my father said to him, You go ahead and go to Europe because I don't think you're going to have much success in Europe selling this type of tobacco. It's not the type of tobacco that they consume in Europe at the time. But on your way back, come and see me and we'll talk.
5: Llegó, vino con un delincuente a poner una fábrica allá. tuvimos tres horas o cuatro en regreso ¿Eh? en regreso y ese hombre nada
4: más que me hablaba de millones pero en ese momento ya tú le habías dicho que ti te interesaba en tabaco sí no ya ya le daba aquí en now Roberto comes back from Europe and he meets with my dad and he my dad says he brings along with him in his words a delinquent you know some guy that was a uh, a bueno, bullshitter.
5: Hablaba. A bullshitter. Right. Okay. So they have
4: a meeting, and in the meeting, in this initial meeting, this guy, the, the, the other guy that was there, starts to talk about millions and about all this thing that he's going to do in Nicaragua, blah, blah, blah blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 So my dad waited till he was finished, and then when they had a moment together, him and Roberto, he says, listen. Le dije with, the, Roberto, with this guy, I won't even go to the corner. So, we can talk again privately tomorrow. And then that's what happened. Then he met again with Roberto the next day.
5: Entonces yo le dije a Roberto, mire, yo le voy a, dar un pl- a, le voy a hacer un plan y lo voy a ayudar. Usted, este tabaco, lo vamos a traer a Miami y vamos a abrir una tienda en Miami.
4: So he he said to to Roberto he says I, you know I, I would like to work with you on this and I'm I think it's important that we start to market the tobacco from Nicaragua here in Miami. So my plan is to open up a business here in Miami that is charged with selling Nicaraguan tobacco, leaf tobacco.
5: usted le usted a yo no voy a que Dígale que Llevamos un tabaco allá yo no me voy a hacer cargo. Usted tiene que venir para acá, para acá para que lo. Una persona de edad tiene que venir para que se ocupe de eso. Yo no me puedo ocupar. Yo le compraré cincuenta, sesenta para empezar, pero bueno, yo no puedo.
4: What What my father explained to him is, listen, I don't have the money to buy all of the all of the inventory of tobacco that you have. I can buy fifty, sixty, seventy bales and and begin to use it. So what, what what I think you have to do is you have to open up this shop here in Miami where you send someone from Nicaragua that is in charge of this operation because I can't be in charge of selling leaf tobacco. At the time, he did not know who Martinez's partner was or who his associate in Nicaragua was. He, uh, Martinez never disclosed the, what was behind the operation in Nicaragua. He was simply coming as someone selling this
5: tobacco. Mm-hmm.
4: So when he went back to Nicaragua, he met with Somoza and he explained to him what my father had said and the whole story. And then Somoza said to Roberto, Okay, I want you to invite Mr. Padron to come to Nicaragua
5: so I can meet
4: it. So, in May of 67, my dad does his first trip to Nicaragua. And he flew from Miami to Managua. And then they flew him on one of Somoza's little planes, a small plane, from Managua to Jalapa. Somoza obviously lived in Managua, but in Jalapa right. they, they had the farm. He had a farm. So, Somoza was waiting for him. On a house in one of his farms when he landed in, in Jalapa. Entonces we
5: y abrimos una tienda aquí. No, oh, pero cuéntale de cuando fuiste a Jalapa. Ah, no, okay. La moza me dijo: Hemos sufrido mucho con estos problemas aquí. Vino un delincuente aquí que lo hizo perder mucho dinero en una fábrica en Nicaragua. Y él no quería volver a perder. Que fue venirte aquí. Que... Okay. No, you saying, me a
4: so when he meets with Somoza, Somoza ex- goes on to explain to him, listen, we've had bad experiences here in Nicaragua. We brought some people in that wanted to open up a factory and it was a disaster. I don't want to lose again in this proposition. So my dad says to him, listen, this is the second Cuba. Okay, In terms of the quality of the tobacco, this is as good, if not better, than what we have in Cuba, okay? And, And he encouraged him to
5: continue with the program.
4: So he then proceeded to get his first shipment of tobacco from Nicaragua, which we have the pictures of here to show you of when Roberto Martinez came with that first shipment Se mudó para acá, con la and Roberto eventually moved to Miami with his family to, to head up this operation all of the suggestions that my father made to them they, they carried out they implemented
5: they implemented they implemented. They
4: implemented
5: entonces que pasa Ellos querían formarme que yo fuera de socio en una fábrica, pero yo le dije, mire, yo los voy a ayudar, pero mi abuelo me dijo que nunca ligara negocio con política.
4: So, as a as it developed, they eventually wanted my father
0: to to go in with them on a factory in Nicaragua. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Cornelius and Anthony sampler, including the Daddy Mac. The Daddy Mac is a medium to full-bodied cigar with a layered complexity of sweetness and spice that dances on the palate. The Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac has a Brazilian wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and Nicaraguan filler. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com.
1: Our both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand-new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available, Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access to Anyplace, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app.
2: Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This 7-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, Nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar.
0: Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease.
1: Talking with Jose O. Padron and George Padron at Padron Cigars uh, headquarters in Little Havana. So not only was your father the first to use Nicaraguan tobacco from this new experiment that President Samosa had been working on for several years, now they invite him to open a factory in Nicaragua, and there was no other factories. Es que tú no solamente
4: fuiste el primero en usar el tabaco de Nicaragua en la liga de lo que tenían esta gente, pero también después te invitaron a uh, formar parte de, fab- de una
5: fábrica de una fábrica y le dije eso que te dije
4: my father when he was offered that opportunity he said to him he respectfully declined and said listen i my family and my grandfather has always taught me a lesson and 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 a lecture and it is very important for me to never mix politics and business and nunca ligar política y en
5: Okay está bien
4: and so. understood and said to him, "It's fine. I just want you to continue to help us going forward." vamos hacer
5: una Roberto He no So."
4: When my father eventually brought the tobacco from Nicaragua, he he started using it in his blends in July of 67.
0: Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today.
1: Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo this is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event from the time you walk in into the time you leave you will enjoy great cigars including six premium Rocky Patel cigars including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut we'll have a full alpha lunch buffet including Salem's Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs a carnivore carving station paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water Saturday, August 13th, 10am to 3pm. Buffalo River Works in Buffalo. We will see you there. I'll tell you, the Gypsy Kings, no matter what time of day, any time of week, any time of year, can never go wrong, especially with your cigar and with your spirit. Life is good. Life will be great on Saturday, August 13th at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, Buffalo River Works, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is going to be another outstanding award-winning day of great alpha male good life maneuvers, including cigars. We'll have great six great cigars you'll receive from Rocky Patel, including their brand-new Rocky Patel 55 makes its worldwide debut. We'll have a full alpha male lunch buffet, carnivore station, Salem Smokehouse, buffalo hot dogs, fish Rubens, chopped salad. We'll have our Tampa Columbia restaurant-style meat and seafood paella. We'll have samplings of great bourbons and whiskeys from Jack Daniels. We'll have uh, Gentleman Jack. We will have Old Forster, Woodford Reserve, the new Cooper's Craft. We will have great beer samplings from Hamburg Brewing, including the General Dave's Alpha Male Ale and Double IPA. It is the event of the year. you got a great goodie bag coming in. We've got a Scar oh, Dave coffee from Uh, uh, premium roasters, it is going to be a great day. That is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo River Works, downtown Buffalo. Get your tickets now. Only about 20 left. Cigardave.com. You will have a great time. Let's continue our conversation, part two of our three-part series, with George and Jose Padron as we pick up discussing the country of Nicaragua, asking the padrones to build a factory Cigar Factory in Nicaragua. The initial contact was in, what would you say, March of 67?
4: El primer contact fue de ellos en marzo
1: del 67, ¿no? No. Uh, February. February. February of 1967, so from the time that you first met the people from Nicaragua with the tobacco, it was February, and you started in July. July.
4: Right. So, but the idea was, he, goes, he said to them, don't do anything yet until I start using this and we can figure out what kind of acceptance it has in the marketplace.
5: In May of 18, fui yo la primera vez. May of 67. Of 67. And sí, fui. Si
4: sí, uh, no, y entonces en julio empezaste, empezaste a usarlo dejó, en las ligas. Eh, en el 67. Aquí,
5: porque ellos mandaron la camada de más. Exactly. En, entonces yo les dije, no empiecen allá hasta que no, no vean los resultados de aquí. El resultado fue que se viró la, la la que la la venta I mean, Un the, So the
4: the the result of this lo, test was eh, that, that,
5: in Miami, that after testing Miami. it
4: here, starting in July, was that the sales went through the roof. Starting yeah. in July, so starting he, in July, from from July forward, when you start using the new blend, you start seeing the so
5: then,
4: uh, so Roberto Martinez lived here in Miami up until 72. But in the... Daniel, the, in the college, so prior prior to him going back to Nicaragua, they, in Nicaragua, started a factory, which my father was not a part of. And the partners there were Camacho, Bermejo, Bermejo and Somoza. I don't know who, what's the name of Camacho? Simon Camacho, who was the first to Camacho, right? Simon Camacho, who,
5: who formed Camacho. No, 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 Camacho was the first tabaquer from Miami.
4: Yes, but of those who were partners with Somoza, who were the partners of Somoza? Bermejo Camacho. Right, so Juan Francisco, Juan Francisco Bermejo. Yeah. so Juan Francisco Bermejo and Simón Camacho were the two guys that partnered with Somoza to open up that factory in Nicaragua.
1: Fascinating conversation, the history of Padrón Cigars, front and center here from Padrón headquarters in Little Havana, along with the founder, patriarch of Padrón Cigars, Joseo Padrón, George Padrón. 1967, you start using Nicaraguan tobacco was that a Nicaraguan puro so all Nicaraguan tobacco wrapper filler binder was it the same Cazador size or did your father come up with a new size
4: well no at that time we then he started making putting cigars in boxes that were all long filler so we had different sizes different assortment of sizes of cigars that were sold
1: in boxes was that the first padrone series your your flagship right, one no.
4: well all of the cigars the, the, that brown band that you see on all of our cigars is the same band we've had since 64 that we started so it's same
5: big, band yes the, the the cubans, in- all the cubans from mm-hmm.
4: miami smoked padron cigars And, I mean, we're talking a lot
1: of sales. I mean, five, six million cigars a year. So you went from your first four months, 20,000 cigars. Then I think you mentioned your first, in 1965, was what, 100,000, 180,000 cigars? I don't
4: don't know exactly (laughs) year to year, but I can tell you that when I graduated from, when I was in high school, uh, we would sell on the Fumas alone, daily, Almost, uh... Yo diría que diario... masos aquí, eran como 10,000 tabacos diario. 10,000
1: of that a size a day. Still made here at that yes. time? Well, no, no. In that you had time. already moved to, So yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to when you moved to Nicaragua. No, but I'm
4: saying that it, it, you, you cannot re- compare the consumption uh, back then to today. The Cubans, you know, they would smoke much more.
1: It was also a much lower priced cigar lower price than cigar, today.
4: And, and it was a different type of consumer. You know, the consumer okay, today the is. Cigar, consumer. Number one, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had many different sizes of cigars
1: that, that were sold at the time. So, 1967, pivotal year, you start making long filler. Cigars.
4: No, no, no. We had already made long filler cigars, but
1: they weren't to uh, his. That's what I'm saying. But no, no, long filler. But with now all Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan. tobacco from that samosa venture down to Nicaragua and Jalapa. All right. So 1967 major growth. 1968, uh, you keep growing. When. Did you then? When did your father say we have outgrown Miami? We now need a factory in Nicaragua. What prompted him to to create the factory in Nicaragua? Tell us about that process.
4: Okay, okay. Then, so, ya, okay. Ya pasaste esta etapa de 67. En qué momento tú decides ya abrir una fábrica en Nicaragua?
5: Bueno, en el año 60. ¿Y qué fue lo que te causó? Ya ellos habían empezado. Eso. In the año 70 empezamos otra vez con empezamos el 26 de julio de Porque todos los 26 inclu- en, todo. cuando me quemaron empezamos sin darme cuenta el
4: 26 de junio So he started the factory in Nicaragua in 1970 on June 26, 1970. June 26, 1970.
1: So 6 antes years ellos estaban trabajando con
5: lo que, lo que. Ellos estaban trabajando en su fábrica? En su fábrica, y como que había mil quintas, mil pacas de tabaco, hecho completa. Ahí partimos la diferencia, ellos cogieron la mitad y yo cogí la otra. En el 70. So, in
4: 1970, they had over. No, en el 69, porque... Like, in 1969, they have about 1,500 bales of tobacco that they haven't sold. So at that point my dad decided to go to Nicaragua and he bought half of that lot and they kept the other half for their factory.
1: And then at that point your father started a factory in in Nicaragua. And I'm sure that Samosa, they were thrilled to have another some, a cigar manufacturer that was going to employ people, uh, and the fruits of their labor that Somosa had started in 1962, now eight nine years later, is starting to pay dividends.
4: Right, que se imagina que entonces en ese momento Somosa estaba contento porque también había una nueva fábrica abriendo en Nicaragua y que iba a generar más empleo y que todo el trabajo que ellos habían empezado en el año 62 ya se estaba empezando a ver. Y después entraron
5: allá varias fábricas. Yeah, it
4: says that, and then after all the factories eh, came in after. La primera right? fábrica.
5: He
4: says that uh, uh, there were other factories that came in after Todo he did in 1970, nice. but all of these other factories that came in were all associated with Somoza.
1: They, they all, had, all had ties to the government. What did your father say? Don't mix business with politics. And then
4: then the war came in 1977, it's 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 77, 1978, and that's when, you know the problem started and they started having problems with the fa- people who were in Nicaragua that had had ties to samosa. samosa. So mo- all of those factories were gone, were either nationalized or, right. you know,
1: and the padron factory was left intact.
4: we We were left no. intact. we We also had, I mean, during that was a very complicated time. He's asking if the factory never touched us, and I was going to explain the thing they were inventing. I
5: don't have it. Yeah, I
4: mean, there was a lot of difficulty in that time. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like my father, they didn't they they some people thought that my father did have ties with Somosa. No. Uh, because of the fact that he was Cuban. And, mi abuelo gay, mi abuelo. But the, the the fact of the matter was that he did not. So and, not and that's what that saved him. him. He was able to continue producing cigars in Nicaragua. Now, that does not mean that he didn't suffer through that era. I mean, there was also <laughs> a, the burning. They burned our factory in Esteli in 1978. Uh, They burned a warehouse also in the middle of this civil war that was going on. And these were people who did not have the information and felt that my father, along with everybody else, was in the same, they mixed everybody in the same group. And they said, well, uh, you know, a a foreigner here, Cuban in the cigar business, Somoza, burned the factory, and they burned it. And then eventually that got cleared up, and my father was allowed to, and my father came back. and. And started
1: operations again. Our guests, Joseo Padron, George Padron, Padron Cigars, we're here in the Padron headquarters in Little Havana. I want to go back from 1978 back to 1970 when your father opens the factory. How many rollers did he start with down at that time?
4: In el año 70 cuando tu en Nicaragua, ¿cuántos tabaqueros tenías en la fábrica?
5: Ahí tenía como,
4: llegué a hacer como 5,000 ya. No, 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 no. When you started, what? Four rollers. Four
1: rollers. And today you have how many? Well, today we have oh, about 110. 110. So started with four. Uh, very small factory well, it's at the 110, time.
4: 110, but it's really because we work in teams. So it's right.
1: 55 teams. Right, right. but but it, you started with four. There were no teams. It was just four, four yeah. people in 1970. And how many cigars the first year uh, did. Was rolled, were rolled in that factory. In the se en el año in
4: Nicaragua? Uh, About 20,000,
5: 25,000 cigars. For the year? For the year. For the year. For the year. For the year. So 20,000,
4: but you, were st- you 70,
1: still had... 1970. 1970. 1970. You still had your factory here in Miami in operation? Sí.
4: So you're still making cigars. We were here manufacturing in Miami until 1972. 1972,
1: and at that point... Uh, your father decided it was more efficient to just move everything to Nicaragua, where you could have the tobacco there, roll the cigars, and then ship them right, there. In that
4: time, you realized that you moved all the production in Nicaragua, because there you had the first material.
5: Everything, and it was cheaper. Also, the cost of
4: labor was less for comp- competitive reasons, and also, you know the raw material was there, so right. I mean it made sense to do
1: that. At, at the peak of the factory here in Miami, how many cigars per year were being rolled out of the Padron factory? In moment,
4: momento punto más alto de fabricación aquí en Miami, cuántos tabacos hacían al, al, aquí al...
1: en el 81? Fueron... No,
4: no, 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 no. No vendían. ¿Cuántos se producían aquí en Miami en punto más alto?
5: More o menos 80. Eh, ¿En el 81? No, papi.
4: En la fábrica aquí cuando tuviste
5: de 64. Ah, seis mil diario. No, papí, tiene que ser más de eso. Seis mil fuma.
4: No, 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 no. Por ejemplo, en
5: en, el, Mira, de, en esos años, en hasta el año setenta, creo que fue hasta el año setenta y dos. Aquí estábamos haciendo, estábamos vendiendo. Oye, tengo los datos ahí, tendría que ver.
4: He'd have to look at the figures to see what the production numbers were, but I mean, it was, uh, obviously, the, the operation grew here. I mean, ¿cuántos tabaqueros habían aquí? Oye, bien, como 40. We had about 40 rollers here. You had 40 rollers.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that's a pretty good operation. Yeah. So that's that's pretty large. The 2016 Cigar
0: Dave Alpha Flincher Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets now at CigarDaves.com.
3: on tobacco and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padrón family, it's called making great cigars.
1: In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers, Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar
0: worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy
1: of the beloved Monte Cristo White series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage
0: 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle
1: notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the
0: valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. It's two weeks until the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, invades Buffalo Riverworks. Get your tickets before they sell out at CigarDave.com.
1: We're talking with Joseo Padron and George Padron at Padron Cigars headquarters in Little Havana. And then in 1972, you decide to move everything over to Nicaragua, all your production and. The response, did, did, was there any, did you get any uh, feedback from people saying, well, this cigar, I want a Miami cigar, this cigar is being made in Nicaragua, or or was the acceptance immediate because the quality of the cigars was still excellent?
4: Él dice que en ese momento había alguna gente que te decía, no, yo quiero de Miami porque me gusta más el de Miami. no. Nobody. No, uh, problem. They were smoking based on the taste. not On the and, taste. I think and that's important because nowadays people uh, Dile, overanalyze Dile, 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 all those things. I think what I said. Pero yo le estoy diciendo que que es importante eso porque hoy en día la gente analiza demasiado las cosas y y lo hemos hablado. ¿Qué le importa qué te importa si a ti te gusta la Coca-Cola? Qué te importa a ti si la si lo, la azúcar que están usando en la Coca-Cola viene de yeah. México o de donde sea, mientras que te guste, como sabe la Coca-Cola, eso no es problema. I'm, I always talk to, we always talk about this because we I compare it to Coca-Cola, right? How everybody most people drink Coca-Cola or they like it. Do you ever wa- do you ever wonder if the sugar comes from Mexico or from uh, anywhere? I have no, no idea. Dominican Republic, <laughs> wherever it is, you don't care. All you want is that when you buy that Coke, <laughs> to taste the way you expect it
1: to taste. And you just don't want New Coke. Exactly, exactly.
4: <laughs> so I think it's important to understand that the people that are buying his cigar are people that are not focused on. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of information in the market. It's over exposed to some information in some cases. In those days, those guys were diehard cigar smokers, and they wanted... Uh, now, if the cigar wouldn't taste the same Different or it story. Would taste bad, that's a, a problem.
1: So up until 1972, would it be fair to characterize that Padron was a local to regional brand, primarily in the Miami area?
4: Absolutely. The, the Padron band, brand was a local brand, but, I mean, a local market that was a very demanding... Sure. Very strong, you know. A lot of consumers, you know, a lot of the immigrants that came at the time were cigar smokers. So I mean, it was a it was a big market.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and so 1972, still a local brand. What year did you? It still sold primarily at bodegas and cafeterias and local uh, convenience stores. What year? Was the year that Padron started to branch out nationally and start to distribute through retailers, cigar, uh, tobacconists, cigar smoke shops?
4: Okay, okay, entonces en el año eh, Padron empieza como una marca local de de, de este mercado. Que en qué año empiezas ya a vender a las tiendas fuera de Miami? Que empieza. I
5: era local a uh, los americanos venían aquí a Bogotá y me pedían candela verde candela, candela verde estaba verde sí eh, aquí no se hace ningún tabaco. que no sea trabajo de hombre
4: en dos trabajo de he, candela uh, he he says that it was a local brand but there were a lot of consumers that came from outside of Miami right. that would want to buy products from from us and they, a lot of the consumers that would come would ask him for cigars made with candela wrapper. Candela was big at the time, big. huge. But my father always used to tell him that he didn't make cigars for sissies, that he made
1: cigars <laughs> for men. Alpha males. <laughs> exactly. So,
4: so he would never made. we never have made a candela
5: wrapper. <laughs> You.
4: Yeah, he, you know, so <laughs> he says that there were a lot of people that made requests like that. And and, and, and just um, as a side note, you know, he always says a story of of a, of a consumer that came in asking him for cigar cutters. And nobody in those days used cigar cutters. Right. And the guy comes in and asks him for a cigar cutter. And my dad, there was a Cuban guy next to him that was buying cigars. And he says to him, listen, ask, ask this gentleman how he cuts his cigars. And the guy asks him, and the guy takes out his teeth and
0: shows
1: him <laughs> <a> cigar cutter. <laughs> I knew where that story was going. That is that is a classic. No cutter, no cutter. So but we had we did have
4: we did have consumers that would come in and buy cigars. Some people came with these requests that were obviously never met. And my dad always stuck true to his guns. But it wasn't really until 1993 that we started selling to retail stores on a national level.
1: George, I want to bring go back to the key year of 1993 because up until that point. From 1964 until 1993, Padron, primarily a local brand in Miami. And what is amazing is the market was so huge with all the Cuban exiles and Cuban immigrants here that they were coming in, you mentioned, and were buying every week, same people, two boxes or two bundles every week, 50 cigars.
4: Yeah, yeah. The the Cubans that came in those days were... Consumers that were used to smoking cigars on a regular basis. So, I mean, we obviously had a, a very uh, big population of Cubans here in Miami, and that were, you know, big consumers of cigars, and all of them pretty much smoked Padron. So, we were fortunate that we had that that
1: market covered,
4: and we had consumers that loved to enjoy great cigars.
1: And that concludes part two of our three-part series, our conversation with Jose and George Padron. Next week is the third and concluding segment of our great conversation with them. You will want to listen because you will enjoy it, I guarantee. Lieutenants, again, two weeks to go until the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. On the water, Buffalo River Works, downtown Buffalo, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., a day of cigars, spirits, diversions, libations. Delicacies and great camaraderie. Go to Cigardave.com right now for tickets and info. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper delictat Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again.